welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 11. My guest today is associate producer for Mornings with Carmen, producer for Real Recovery, and producer for Faith Radio. He does a lot, and he is Ryan Mitchell. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Angie. Really cool you're doing this. So did I did I hit everything? You're you're very busy. Yeah. You've got call a lot me to do. What, call me whatever you want. A jack of all trades, <laughs> yeah. a util player, whatever you want to call me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you are here to talk about chapter eleven. So let's just dive in. What has what stuck out to you in this chapter? Yeah, the spirit's work just over and over again stuck out to me in this, and it's at least five times, if not more, that the spirit or the Holy Spirit is mentioned and just how huge that is for transformation to happen, for breakthroughs to happen in the life of a church, believers and non-believers. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in it, then really you can't make any serious progress. So that over and over, that theme kept hitting me. That's what's been hitting me all through all of these chapters of Acts, the power of the Holy Spirit and what the apostles and the disciples are able to do when they're really just surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I mean, earlier we saw... I think it was Peter, you know, someone told a lie and the Holy Spirit let him know that. And so he said, you know that that's not true. I mean, and, and the miracles that we're seeing them do and and, and Peter, in the way that, um, like Peter, when he explains his actions and just how they give, uh, whenever somebody's in, in front of someone, someone's asking like, why did you do that? Or they're in front of some kind of like court the way that they they answer kind of harkens back to in Luke when Jesus says, don't worry about what you'll say, that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Yeah, yeah, and how awesome that is that they have that level of faith where, you know, we're going to be at a place to where we can recite Scripture from what we've heard in the past and the Spirit's going to speak through us and, you know, kind of like what you're alluding to, Angie, in some circumstances where you go into it and the Spirit says, don't worry, I'll be with you, and you're like, well, wait a second, that's not enough. Like, I need more. I can't Mm -hmm. step into this experience, this tough situation without any more validation than that. But over and over again, like you said, the Spirit continually shows up. Have you ever had an experience like that where you felt like the Spirit was prompting you to go forward? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I probably have. Um, You guys have heard me, you, Angie, and other coworkers as well, reference God promptings, GPs, Mm -hmm. and just kind of like, nudges on you, whether it's to say something or I got to go somewhere specific or I got to talk to this person. Um, So nothing specifically comes to mind, but I would say, yeah, absolutely. I feel the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. And I think all of us as followers of Christ, when we hear that, it's a great thing. We want to be in tune with that, but actually following through on things and just taking that time to just listen. We're often so busy and caught up in the day-to-day that we don't hear the Spirit, even though it's constantly communicating to us. But I mean, how awesome is that as believers? Yeah, Jesus isn't here in person. God's not here in person. We can't see him, but the Holy Spirit is very, very present in uh, each of our lives. So let's let's listen to him more often. Yeah. In my experience, I found when I was first really trying to be obedient and really trying to listen and discern the Spirit's voice, it was something because I would question is that is that the spirit nudging me or is that just an idea that I sure. had? Yeah. And at first it was a struggle. And so for me, it was taking just kind of small steps of obedience and then recognizing more and more, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, no. Okay. So now I recognize it more. Do you, was that similar to your process? Yeah. Because I think sometimes it can be, people feel like it's, it's a hard thing to know. Absolutely. 
what that experience is like. Yeah, and what you're describing totally is what so many people I'm sure are describing is where is this feeling come from? Where is this nudge on my heart coming from? And it's something that we talk a lot about as believers. When you and I are talking about it, we understand it. But to someone who's a new believer or a non-believer, it's so foreign. Like, what are you even talking about? But when I talk about a God prompting or a nudge on your heart or a push to do something, you know what it is. And I would say as far as is this from the Spirit or not, if you can connect it back to Scripture. Because oftentimes, mm-hmm. I mean, we read in this passage that we'll get to shortly, but what Peter's speaking to others is coming from the Spirit, but it's also from what he has in his heart, the Scripture stored up in his heart from what he heard from the Lord at a previous time. So if you can draw it back to Scripture, awesome. It's not always that black and white, like, wait, exactly, that's James chapter 3, you know? <laughs> I got it in my head. Okay, that's the Spirit. I can mm-hmm. validate it. It's not always that easy, but... I think oftentimes those things that are from the Spirit, they're not one-time occurrences, at least for me personally. They're constantly coming back. I step in the same situation. Um, The same person who has been on my heart before, I'm in that spot again where they're there. Or something I didn't think was going to happen again, I happen to be in the same spot, nearly the same scenario again later on. And it's like, okay, this is pretty, pretty obvious now. Like, you know, the Lord's consistently telling me like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. This is the validation as if you need that. And, you know, as believers, we shouldn't need that. But yeah, I think as much as we can draw it back to scripture is really helpful, but so much of it, and I hope that this isn't discouraging to people, but like I said, Angie, we can talk about it as believers and we understand what we're talking about. But for a non-believer, it's kind of hard to understand what we're saying. Because if you don't have that level of faith where you can't reference the Holy Spirit's impact in your life, it is going to be tough to understand. But that's why I keep wanting to say it's so awesome because, yes, we don't have Jesus here in person, but the presence of the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but it's believable. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I love that you're telling us to, to confirm that, that the confirmation comes from understanding God's Word, yeah. understanding God's character. I've also found that the crazier and weirder I'm going to look, it's usually from the Holy Spirit as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it has to be, you know, taking that pride out of it, if if you will, if you want to use that word and just the element of, you know, what embarrassment could come as, you know, this isn't normal to do in our society or all culture. But yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So let's, why don't we uh, dive into the study guide questions? Um, So the first one is what stands out to you about Peter's defense? Yeah. uh, I mean, like we read so many times in Scripture where whether it be Jesus or one of his disciples or an apostle and they have really the opportunity. And some of the times when I'm reading, I'm like, you have every right to be accusatory and defensive and all of a sudden jumping at someone because what they're saying to you is just so off base. But it hardly ever works that way, including in this passage. Peter wasn't accusing. He wasn't defensive. He easily could have been. But instead... I mean, we don't get a sense of tone, but I think Mm -hmm. in reading this passage, I'm like, okay, he's calm, and all he's choosing to do is respond with exactly what happened in the story and just let that speak for itself. And kind of like what we talked about before, let the Holy Spirit speak through you, and then whatever happens from there happens from there, and kind of deny our own human nature of how we feel like we should respond. So, yeah, that's what stuck out to me. He's not accusatory, and he's not defensive. Yeah, and I think it's because he sees— they're they're questioning him, mm-hmm. but really the question is about much bigger God. than that. Well, yeah. it's actually they're questioning God. They're yeah. questioning what God is doing. And so, what I see in Peter's answer is he's 
making a list of what God had done yeah. that, you know, God came on these Gentiles, the Holy Spirit came on these Gentiles, like the Holy Spirit came on us in the upper room. And so he's, he's giving an account of what God has done and that has kind of removing himself from, from it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what we should strive to do in so many situations, remove ourselves and not take it so personally. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yes. A lot easier said than done. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. And so the next question is, the persecution against the church is working to spread the gospel beyond Jerusalem. Have you ever had a hardship that brought about positive results in your life? Yeah. First, first I would say absolutely. And I, I thought about this one for a while. Um, you know, and when I read this question initially, I'm like, you know what? I've had a pretty good life in most ways as, as people, if you want to term it that. I haven't had too many hardships, I guess you can say, but I also struggle with that word because on the outside, a lot of things that people would just immediately see as hardship if they're not in your shoes can actually turn out to be, you know, they are a hardship earthly, but in the long run, would you really deem it to be a quote unquote hardship? And so I can just bring up one example real quick. So, you know, Angie, other coworkers know as well. um, My grandma passed away this last summer and the whole process to get to that point was absolutely a hardship, especially for my mom, watching her uh, go through that and just trying to help her through that process of the long goodbye. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, dementia, what that can do to a person and just not even close to the person that you knew them as for so long. And people from the outside would say that's a hardship. And sure, absolutely. But specifically when she was getting near the end and then she passed and then uh, the funeral that we had a few weeks later and just conversations that you're able to have with family who you don't see normally, but it's a funeral. So of course your whole family's there and the Lord is just precious in on my heart. Like, you know what you need to do. You know, the gospel needs to be shared in that moment. You know, you, you should be up there and, and sharing that. So I say the word hardship is difficult because yeah, on the outside, of course it, it is a hardship, but I mean, we've been praying for so long. It was an answer to prayer that she was gone. And so sure on the outside death, is a hardship, but that was a huge answered prayer. And it was an answered prayer for me personally too, to be able to go up there and speak that day and then just, you know, shed some light on family members. And I still hope that, you know, progresses and moves forward going in the future. But just, you know, that word hardship just hits me a lot of the times. And I, I could go into other examples as well, but absolutely, I would say, can hardships bring about positive results in your life? Yes. I mean, how many times do we see it in scripture, Angie? We grow through suffering. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be opportunities for serious growth unless you experience some pain on this side of heaven. And when you do experience that pain, oftentimes, and I could bring up another example as well. I mean, when my um, grandpa passed away, my first grandpa to pass away, it was the first time I ever honestly remember in life crying out to the Lord and being like, why? I, Mm -hmm. I can't understand the way it happened, how fast it happened. And I knew he was still good. And it's, you know, that asking of why when you're not questioning his authority and his ultimate divine process, yeah. if you will. But you just don't understand. Yeah. And and that's just all you can do is just ask why. Mm-hmm. And that caused me, though, to dig deeper into scripture and look to, you know, reasons of things we can't understand and what things we can cling to for the future. And so, yeah, I mean, those are just some personal thoughts on that. But Absolutely. I would say, again, you can have positive results through hardship. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that loss, the loss of someone or, or experiencing grief. Yeah. And that grief is hard. It's, 
so part of my story is in four years I had 12 losses from miscarriage to losing my mom and a lot of different people in between. And just that loss upon loss upon loss that I actually did get to a point where I thought, I said to a friend, I think I don't think God is good. And I had, I had my phone set for my alarm for the next morning and I had good, good father was the song mm-hmm. that played yeah. and it started playing and I started crying and I was like, God, I, I do think that you're good, but I just don't understand how it all fits together. Yeah. And what it was is that I didn't, it was the way I was defining good. Good was that good things are going to happen then. Yeah. Good is was feel good. Yeah. And the Lord being good is so much deeper and uh, nuanced and richer than that. It's yeah. him making good out of pain. It's him, you know, he allows us to go through pain because we become more like him. We have, yeah. There's the possibility of becoming more like yeah. him in the process. Amen. Yeah. There's the possibility of being able, like, you could sit down with a friend who's losing a dear grandparent, and you can you understand in a way that you wouldn't before. Yeah. And so he makes, you know, he uses that pain then for ministry if we allow him to do that. But I think that's going to be really relatable to a lot of people that, yeah. I mean, I think that, I agree, the word hardship is a little difficult, but like pain, where do you no. have a pain spot? Yeah. Where do you have a... Um, a loss. Where are you experiencing grief? Where are, are you, where is life hard for you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really I really appreciate your story because I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate yeah, to that. And I think I mean hardship is a great word because we can all relate to it. We all know what it is, even if we may define it differently based on where we're at in life and where, like I said, a hardship initially can turn into such a blessing later on. Mm-hmm. So the last question is, why do you think the Jews accepted the new thing that God was doing among the Gentiles? Yeah, I mean, I go back to the spirit here. I mean, I think throughout this chapter and really throughout the book of Acts, you know, Peter's accounts are authentic and they're very clear. There's not wasted words. They really filled up the Jews, I think, with the Holy Spirit themselves where they're getting those nudges, those God promptings, if you will, to all the people who hear these accounts, you know, to trust it. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned earlier, Angie, they're asking a question of Peter, but really it's a much greater question than that. It's a question of God. And so when you come at it with that kind of a heart, they're receptive and they have, you know, open ears to really hear it out, not just be listening, but be comprehending what's being said. And so they can trust it. And so that's, you know, what would be my answer for why they accepted it is because it was authentic and they were really ready to listen and they wanted to hear it. And so, you know, throughout this, we see that over and over again. And, you know, we can be inspired by Barnabas and Saul and how much the people of Antioch trusted them with everything, what they were saying, and they built a reputation. So then when it came, hey, by the way, there's, you know, going to be this great famine that's coming they believed it. It was predicted by the Spirit. Again, we see that. And then they were willing enough to entrust their gifts to those two because they had built that reputation. It's not their own reputation built on their own merit. It's because their reputation literally is the Holy Spirit. Barnabas and uh, Saul were extensions of the Holy Spirit here on earth. Mm-hmm. Being used, being the Holy Spirit was using them. Yeah. The, and I love what um, Peter said in verse 17. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift as he gave us, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who was I to stand in God's yeah. way? Amen. That they're just getting out of God's way. Yeah. And I also wanted to point out that in verse 26, we see why we are called Christians. That in Antioch, it was the first time that they were called Christians. And nerd alert, I did a little research. <laughs> um, that's that word, that uh, Greek word, which I won't try to say, is only used in three times here. In Acts eleven twenty six, it's used in Acts twenty six twenty eight and First Peter four sixteen. I thought that was really interesting that a yeah. word that we use so, like it's huge, huge yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. was only used three times in the Bible, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Ryan. Thank you yeah, so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us for Acts chapter eleven. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and we'll see you next time for Acts chapter twelve. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.